Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Jewelry Wealth Management. And welcome uh, back to our next week today, a show where we talk about uh, everything we see in the markets this week and coming up into the next week. Uh, and thanks for joining us uh, this week. I am back, back in town, uh, working from home today, just doing our little uh, return quarantine, but uh, should be back in the office tomorrow. So uh, thanks for everyone who were uh, stuck with us while I was on the road. I know the few of the shows, the sound quality might have been a little bit different, but uh, hopefully it, uh, it worked out well. So let's jump into things today. As always, keep in mind, everything that we talk about on here is for information purposes only. Always do your own due diligence or reach out to a professional. Go to our, uh, our portal, mikeonmoney.com. Happy to answer any of your questions, anything specific to your situation uh anything at all and you can also find our other videos uh, in library of information there if you're looking for more information so with that uh as always we got to do the covid update uh obviously the omicron uh virus is the uh or variant rather is the uh, the top news as far as covid goes um <clears throat> there is uh there's been a lot of progress obviously there's been a lot of new rules around travel in place which is messed up a lot of people's plans, you know, just as people were starting to feel comfortable about getting out there traveling again, uh, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of cancellations or second guessing of those trips, especially leading into the new year. Um, you, both here in Canada, but if you are looking into, say, European travel, of course, uh, they've put in a, a, a lot, a lot of new stricter rules. So do double check any country you're looking to travel into. Uh, also, any return to Canada. Um, th there are a lot of new rules in place. Uh, we are starting to see some more tests, as I mentioned in previous weeks. You know, Omicron was really early stage uh, as to what that's what that variant means. You know, how the vaccines are going to do hold up against it, uh, and just you know, really any real information on it. Uh, obviously, it has spread around the world. You know, a lot of these restrictions were put into place to try to stop it from getting into different countries. And as we saw with the Delta variant, by the time they've identified it, it was pretty. It had pretty much already uh, arrived at most countries, Canada, the U.S., most European countries. Uh, in fact, there's some questions that it, uh, some questioning around whether it even originated in South Africa. Just that's where it was first detected. It could have originated anywhere in the world. Uh, there, uh, there is some hope. Uh, some new, uh, some new vaccine testing coming out showing that it does uh, it does provide uh, some protection. Uh, Canada has a homegrown COVID nineteen vaccine that is uh, going up for uh, its phase three clinical trials, uh, and it's showing some some good strength against the Omicron uh, variants, uh, which is great for Canada because, of course, if we can produce it ourselves, then you know we control the supply and rollout. Although I don't know if we need another brand of vaccine out there, but if this one works well with Omicron and it's available, uh, that's great. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing we've seen with Omicron variant is just that need for a global effort of vaccination, because there are a lot of countries around the world that do not have the access to the vaccine that we have here in North America or even in some parts of Europe. And, you know, as even as we go into our booster shots, a lot of people out there get into boosters. Uh, and will be uh, become eligible for the boosters in the in the month next month or two. 
you know, there's still a lot of places that can't even get their first vaccination. So, uh, so you know, just highlighting the need for that. Um, obviously, there's there's uh, the governments are making constant changes to restrictions around travel from South Africa, but I think we're going to see that change uh, change over the next little while, uh, as I mentioned, as we get more details uh, as to the effectiveness of the vaccination, uh, but also whether it even uh, originated there. So with that, let's move into what's going on in the economy. Uh, U.S. trade for October is coming out. We're looking into uh, the production and cost numbers for Q3. Uh, and when we say that, you know, revised productivity and cost numbers, because uh, what we're seeing out of a lot of the earnings is, uh, you know, while sales numbers might be up, revenue numbers might be higher. Uh, of course, we are still seeing uh, costs going up, cost uh, of, of materials, cost of labor, the supply chain issue is still there. Uh, and also dealing with COVID, whether it be shipping costs uh, or extra uh, space and extra cleaning, all those costs are still there, uh, and that's that's affecting profits for a lot of uh, a lot of industries. We're also looking for the Canadian uh, trade numbers for October as well, just to see how things have been balancing out and how much that supply chain is affecting things, because we will be we will be seeing things uh, being affected by the supply chain uh, as as goods are not moving as efficiently around the world. Uh, as uh, as in previous economies. As far as uh, what's happening in the markets, uh, we're seeing the second day of some good strong bounce back after we did see some pullbacks last week on the, on the concerns around the Omicron uh, variant out there. Uh, people are starting to ease up their concerns uh, as far as shuts, shutdowns go as more and more data comes out that you know the earlier suspicions that Omicron definitely more contagious but we are seeing, uh, you know, uh, less um, the symptoms are, are less harmful, uh, less hospitalizations. Uh, you know, it, it is a natural uh, uh, mutation for this type of virus to become more and more contagious, but less and less virulent when as far as the impacts on us. So it may continue to mutate. And this might be how uh, this whole pandemic ends is as it continues to mutate, it, it just becomes, uh, slowly becomes a, a, another version of the flu that we would just deal with in the population as we deal with the normal flu. So uh, hopefully that's where we're headed. Uh, of course, that's not gonna happen overnight. Omicron is, is, is just one variant. There, there may be other variants. In fact, there's rumors now that there's a Canadian born variant uh, that, that's different from both Delta and Omicron. And we'll have to see uh, what what that looks like. But early early comments is it's you know not as severe as those uh, those other two um, traders. You know, as I mentioned, the markets are bouncing back. Traders are feeling a little bit better as Fauci uh, made comments that the uh, the Omicron might be less uh, less uh, dangerous than the Delta variant. Also, some some buoyancy coming from the sentiment that uh, China's decision was to. Uh, lower the res reserve requirements for their banks, so easing up on some of the bank restrictions there. Uh, but do keep in mind, there's still you know a real estate issue going on over there. We've talked about Evergrande, their big real estate developer, uh, who um, you know got into basically close to Chapter 11 or, or bankruptcy protection, was bailed out a little bit by the government. They made some payments, uh, but as as of yesterday, they are defaulting on one of the biggest payments. So does that push them into bankruptcy or is it gonna be some kind of 11th hour uh, package to, uh, to restructure that again? 
Uh, so we have to keep a, a close eye on that because, you know, the amount of debt that they're carrying uh, and, and how that might affect their real estate market in China, um, you know, could be very impactful, especially uh, some of the European banks have uh, some bigger exposures to Evergrande, uh, but certainly in China as well. Uh, other things we uh, we have going on out there is the central bank's communication. So this is our ongoing inflation watch, what's happened with interest rates, what's happened with inflation. Uh, financial markets are struggling a little bit because, you know, we have the central bankers out there um, from all different countries uh, signaling possibly different timing for uh, for some of their uh, their unwinding of the liquidity that they put into the market. And uh, in December, in a matter of a 24-hour space, we're going to see the Fed Reserve meet, the uh, European Central Bank meet, and the Bank of England all holding crucial meetings uh, to give direction to the market as to how they're going to handle their individual economies. Uh, and obviously, that's a lot of juggling of information uh, and some, some, some key players in that global market. So look for a little bit of volatility around that for, for December. Uh, as, as we try to get a clearer picture of what 2022 looks like. The oil markets uh, was hit by a wave of hedge fund liquidity. So, you know, we talked the last couple of weeks as the price of oil came down from 80 down to uh, 60, I think 67. Um, a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit of that was the, uh, some of the, the, the governments around the world uh, releasing some of the governmental reserves to ease the price at the pumps a little bit. Uh, that didn't seem to last long here in British Columbia. Uh, it, but wasn't really expected to. Uh, really, that was just easing a little bit of the supply chain uh, problems. But the bigger issue is, of course, that demand crunch. And unless we see, you know, anything close to the uh, to the shutdown drop in demands, uh, we're probably going to see a continued uh, surge in demand for oil, especially if travel does continue to pick up uh, the way it has. Uh, now, we did see that pullback. A lot of that was concerns on the Omicron virus uh, causing another shutdown. Of course, the hedge funds who got hurt really badly uh, in the last shutdown because they make big, big bets on energy sectors, uh, you know, started dumping some of their oil, uh, their oil positions uh, just to not get caught again. That's not necessarily a prediction. It's just more, hey, we don't want to get caught as bad as we did last time. We're going to uh, the, dump that off. Now, that being said, Oil has rallied back over the 70, uh, almost the $72 again, uh, as we've seen, you know, uh, demand staying high uh, and more bullish positions going in there. We also saw, I think it was the Saudis raise the price a little bit uh, on their oil production, uh, you know, giving a little bit more strength to the, uh, to the price in around the world. Uh, <clears throat> funds missing, uh, missing out on uh, one late US yield curve. So, you know, through all this inflation and interest rate speculation, uh, there is this, this, you know, bond trades out there that are happening quite a bit. As we've seen over the last few weeks, uh, we've seen that 10-year curve starting to flatten down, uh, pull back from, you know, 1.8 down to about 1.4 on the 10-year. Uh, you know, everyone's betting on that flatter curve. Uh, but we, as we see in that, those December meetings, we might get different directions or different uh, projections as to when uh, when those interest rates are, are going to move or when the inflation number is going to have a big impact. Uh, and, it, and we could see some uh, very aggressive trading that we've not seen uh, in years as far as the fixed income market goes. Other things in the news, uh, investors are, are, are breaking for potential hit on earnings from Omicron. And this is not necessarily a shutdown, 
but you know, companies uh, and retailers are, are going to be affected. Travel, as I mentioned, a lot of people are canceling travel or postponing travel again just because of the concerns, not necessarily that we're going to go into shutdown, but people are, are you know, we're all in that what if scenario, right? What happens uh, if I travel to a country and I can't get back? What happens if I get there and the rules change? Uh, we're seeing that in the press a lot right now of, of, of people who, you know, might have gone to South Africa and are trying to return to Canada or, or any country uh, really in the world. Uh, and, um, you know, they're having their, their negative tests before they get on their planes, uh, but there's restrictions and they have to, you know, you know, jump through different countries, pay a lot more for the airfares or, you know, even not even be able to get flights uh, because a lot of them have just been canceled straight out. So, you know, uh, there's, there's all those things happening. Restaurants, of course, uh, as more and more people become concerned, people stop going out as much uh, and retailers, the same thing. So, you know, this Q4, as, as we get more and more information on Omicron, we're going to have to keep a close eye on, especially, you know, those industries that were really hard hit during the original shutdown, how people react. And those hedge funds selling off oil is a good example because some people got hurt really badly. Uh, what happens, uh, what happens this time, even if we don't go into shutdown, remember, this is just based on the concerns. Uh, <clears throat> we're seeing uh, seeing more uh, M&A and IPOs. Uh, Genesis, which is a uh, an enter enterprise software maker, uh, which is largely funded by Salesforce or Salesforce Ventures, a division of Salesforce. Uh, they've just raised some more uh, more capital, about five hundred and eighty million. You know, put in their valuation about twenty one billion for their IPO. Um, keep in mind, though, uh, in 2021, 2020 was a great year for IPOs, especially in the tech sector. Uh, but keep in mind, in 2021, I saw a stat. I, I don't have the list. Uh, if you're interested, email me or give me a call. I'll, I'll, I'll try to pull it up. But the, uh, the, tech, the tech particular IPOs in 2021, I think there's only one or two that are actually in the positive from their, from their IPO price. So it has been a little tight, but Genesis is currently roughly valued around 21 billion and they're looking to go public using that valuation as a uh, as a benchmark google and meta or facebook as you might know it uh are really prospering here on this uh on this digital global advertising growth uh obviously one big move of the pandemic uh when the first shutdown happened you know one of the easiest budget line items for companies uh, to, to cross out is advertising or marketing <clears throat> and that's what we saw pretty much globally. People just slashed that line for at least a couple of months uh, while they started to, or companies did that while they started to figure out where, what was going to happen with their businesses or how they were going to be impacted during that shutdown. And as it started to return, obviously during the shutdown, everything went digital. Uh, interactions like this went digital, our shopping went digital, so did all the advertising or large, or large, large uh, amount of it, kind of that print media or traditional uh, advertising, uh, slowly coming back, but nowhere near the levels that it was before. But we are seeing a massive amount being spent on digital advertising. And of course, Google and Meta slash Facebook, uh, you know, reaping the rewards of that and, and, and all all expectations is that's going to continue into 2022. Uh, you know, he, uh, hedge fund uh, Synctiv, uh, you know, sees potential uh, potential bargain as uh, volatility roils the market here. So if you've been following us, um, you've heard me say before, 
don't be afraid of volatility in your portfolio. Volatility just means opportunity. Uh, if you have good positions in your portfolio or if there's good companies out there and we see volatility in their price or you know down uh, pullbacks in their prices, that's just a great sale. Just as much as you want to go out and buy the Black Friday sale or you want to go out and buy the, the um, Cyber Monday sales, that's what we want to do in, in the portfolios. And this is a you know hedge fund that hedge fund that came out in 2019, uh, you know, really took advantage or was able to take advantage of the pullbacks we saw in the early parts of the pandemic, uh, and now they're seeing this as another opportunity. And that's really what uh, you want to use uh, your portfolio for, um, you know, in in the big in the big run-ups of the big, um, you know, when with the markets are hitting new highs and all that. As we've always said, never be afraid of taking a little bit of profit from solid positions. You don't have to get out of the positions. Just take some profits from it. We call it trimming uh, and have that cash. And when you see a pullback in other names that you like or other positions in your portfolio, uh, you know, buy back in. It's not market timing. It's simply a smart investing and it brings down that volatility or, or beta in the portfolio, brings down your risk uh, and uh, improves your performance uh, over time. Industry and Harowitz, uh, which is backed by uh, Samsara, is targeting an $11.5 billion valuation. You know, another IPO going out there. This is a venture capital giant, uh, you know, taking advantage of the lofty markets uh, and, and going for an IPO uh, and hoping to uh, get more cash to take advantage of the 2022 growth. So let's take a look at what's coming up this week. Uh, as I mentioned, coming up in, Canada, in the U.S. and Canada, we're looking at the, uh, the trade deficit or the trade numbers, uh, likely to be narrowed a little bit. That supply chain is going to affect global trade. Uh, so not a big surprise that we're seeing that. We did see a big surge in September. Um, of course, still on the tails of the reopening uh, of the economy, but all, all the data is basically telling us we're, we're likely to see a bit of pullback as we're seeing those shipping lines uh, bottleneck. Uh, and the same goes for consumer credit data, because of course, if we're buying less, we're racking up less debt. The, uh, the WHO, the uh, World Health Organization uh, Strategic Advisory Group uh, of Experts, is getting together to talk about uh, a closed door meeting to talk about, you know, the, the need for booster shots. Now, you might think that's counterintuitive, given, you know, the US and Canada and a lot of countries are out there giving the booster shots. But Remember, the WHO is looking globally. Their whole goal is to figure out what's the best way to deal with this uh, from a global perspective. For, for, so for them, the booster shot may not be the big priority. The bigger priority may be to get those supplies into the hands of countries or in populations where the, the shots are not available. Now, I'm not talking about the U.S. where you have populations who don't want to take the vaccine, vaccine but more so uh, countries that as we've seen in South Africa, even, even Mexico here in North America uh, is not widely available. It is slowly getting there, but it's not widely available. So the WHO is, has been and is always going to be focused on, you know, what's the global priority uh, of, of getting the vaccinations. And very likely, uh, you know, while they, they might see the science and the benefit around the booster shots, uh, they would rather probably rather see those go to air, you know, to people who haven't even got their first shots or second shots yet, uh, before we start to give boosters to the rest of the world. Uh, and we're also seeing the Bank of America uh, CEO is going to be speaking at an investor conference, uh, you know, held by uh, 
uh, Goldman Sachs. Really, again, the theme around this is inflation watch. Uh, what's going to happen with interest rates in 2022? Other top news out there, the, uh, the SSC is probing uh, Tesla. It seems like they're probing, probing Tesla every second day. Uh, this is around a whistleblower's claim on the solar panel defects. So uh, if you're not aware, Tesla, of course, they make the cars, but they also make solar panels and solar roofs. Um, to uh, the solar panels, they, they, they sell a certain uh, solar panel kit to charge your car, uh, but also to create energy uh, in certain jurisdictions you can sell back to the grid uh, or use to power uh, your own your own home. Uh, and they also do the, the roofs, so you can replace your shingles with uh, basically solar panels, they're solar shingles. Uh, that uh, that you can power uh, power your house with, or as I said, you know, in some jurisdictions, sell that power back to the grid again. Uh, so there were some uh, some complaints of uh, defects that were causing potential fires. Uh, obviously, Tesla was dealing with it, but they were dealing with it quietly, as opposed to doing a a broad um, recall on the product. And so the SEC is probing into whether they gave false information to shareholders. Uh, also on the electric vehicle market, the EV maker uh, Lucid, um, who uh, is, took advantage or is in the middle of taking advantage of a $24 billion IPO through a blank check deal or SPAC uh, reverse shell takeover deal. Um, the SEC's uh, subpoena and documentation there to look into, you know, did they follow the book? Did they, uh, you know, were there any um, inappropriate deals made during that merger? Uh, these SPAC shell deals we've talked about, we have a whole video as to what a SPAC is, a special acquisition purpose company, uh, and, and how they work. Uh, if you're interested in that, go look at it. They became really popular, obviously, uh, in 2020 and early 2021. Continue to uh, continue to see a market for those, uh, but, but there is some concerns around those structures. <clears throat> Global oil CEOs are stressing the need for uh, fossil fuels despite their focus on cleaner energy. Again, we've talked about this. A lot of the big oil companies have shifted uh, their future growth uh, towards cleaner energy. Uh, but what they're seeing is what we've been talking about is that demand for oil surging. And as they've turned off taps on some projects or not started new projects uh, in the fossil fuel market, uh, there's that shortage or the shortage of supply. So uh, they're now starting to become aware, or they probably were aware, but hoping it wasn't going to be as big a problem. That um, you know we can't just turn off the taps until we have you know the new energy supplies or the new energy sources in place, uh, especially while we're seeing boom in demand or you know this resurgence of demand as we come out of this uh, this pandemic. Uh, Uber is uh, in talks with its Mid East unit. Uh, looking for outside investment. Uh, this comes on the tail end, actually, of Uber uh, Technologies, uh, you know, suffering another blow. They just lost an appeal in, in, in Europe uh, for their gig technology, or sorry, their gig contract um, workers, uh, where they have to supply their or, or, or offer their workers more benefits like you would to a full-time employee. This has been going on for a while. You know, California, they lost the case. Uh, they're appealing that. Uh, they lost the case in Europe. They, they, they lost the appeal on that. So uh, obviously uh, Uber is going to have to change their um, cost structure or their, their, their offering structure uh, to compensate. So how do they provide those benefits to their employees while still keeping their cost small? Obviously that's gonna be a big challenge. They kind of built it around not having to pay a lot of those benefits. But this is 
uh, more broadly uh, affecting, you know, there's Uber, there's Lyft, uh, but you also have, uh, you know, all your food deliveries out there. Uh, obviously Uber Eats, which is owned by Uber, um, but Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, all these gig, uh, gig worker kind of uh, models uh, can be swept up into this ruling. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, uh, how that's affected and, and, and where we see that lead. As we talked about earlier, SPACs uh, have been popular and uh, who more likely to take advantage of a iffy way to raise capital out there, but Trump, and if you follow this, we did talk about it a few months ago, uh, Trump went out and raised $1.25 billion through a SPAC um, to launch a new social media venture. Uh, basically was saying he was gonna take on Twitter, Netflix, and, and, and I won't say Facebook, but you know this, this all encompassing new social media platform that was going to dwarf all the other ones uh, and he raised $1.25 billion into that, uh, into that SPAC. It initially shot up in value. Uh, of course, now uh, they've missed some, some of the timing of their, their releases. Uh, so we've seen nothing launched really from this, from this venture. We've seen uh, no product. Uh, and to take on those platforms you know, from scratch, uh, it would take probably a lot more than $1.25 billion. With that being said, uh, we now see Wall Street regulators looking into that to see if there was any uh, fraud or where it's at. You know, are they actually going to deliver uh, deliver on on that promise? So we'll keep an eye on that news. I uh, I, I honestly, as you if you go see our videos, I'm not over uh, uh, overly uh, enamored with SPAC structures uh, to begin with. Um, you know, there have been some successes. Uh, that have come out of them so you know they're not all bad uh, but uh, this one in particular uh, obviously i i personally my opinion would be to uh, expect being a spectator it will be a better seat than uh, being a participant on the on the exchange front uh the euro and the us dollar uh, the euro to the us dollar stay pretty flat as uh, both currencies weakened a little bit as that safe haven demand eased off as uh, you know, early hospital data out of South Africa suggests or is suggesting that Omicron virus or variant, sorry, um, is, uh, is going to be less severe illness uh, than the previous waves. Uh, so that eased off a little bit of that uh, flight to safety uh, into, the, uh, into the dollars. Uh, you know, it's funny, the, US, the euro roll is actually uh, growing uh, as far as funding uh, currency limits, uh, you know, as a global dollar uh, through the pandemic. The U.S. dollar has always, obviously, always dominated that, and, and will continue. Uh, but we are seeing the euro's role being a little bit bigger than in the past. And uh, on that bond front, you know, we talked about the ten-year Treasury, which is kind of our benchmark to rates and, and inflation. Uh, and the Morgan Stanley is estimating uh, by uh, December 2022, so the end of next year, uh, that it could rise as as high as 2.1%. Uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's been floating. Uh, definitely the highest that we've seen so far is around the 1.8. It's pulled back uh, last week as low as 1.4. Um, and I've always kind of put the 1.85 as the tipping point where we're going to be at higher risk uh, of those interest rate hikes uh, coming into play. Um, we've seen a bit of a pullback on that flattening of that curve. Uh, but Morgan Stanley and, and others are kind of uh, moving that number to you know higher interest rates likely the end of 2022 the original goal was uh, early 2023 but that that you know 
really could be a stretch uh, if we do see those numbers in uh, in late 2022. So with that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, commodity uh, commodity prices, we saw the big jump uh, as uh, we saw some uh, Iranian oh sorry, I, I said uh, Saudi, but it was Iranian oil uh, seemed to uh, raise the prices a little bit, a 2% re a rebound there um, uh, and a 5% on Monday. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of strength coming back into that price of oil base on the demand. Uh, as I mentioned, follow the travel numbers. If travel numbers continue to rise, uh, we are going to see uh, continued uh, increase in demand. If we do see a big massive pullback on, on travel again, that would be the only kind of uh, flag for me to say that uh, we're not doing it we're not going to continue to see strength in uh, oil prices. Gold, gold did gain some ground just on, um, you know, again, the concerns around Omicron, but also uh, on the weekend in dollar. Uh, and, uh, and again, on just those projections on inflationary numbers. So with that, that's what I have. If you have any questions for us, go to mikeonmoney.com. Again, I always love the comments that you guys send in. Uh, go there, visit, reach out to us. Uh, if uh, on any topics that you want to see, uh, this will be our last show uh, till uh, the January. I'm going to take a little break over the holidays, uh, give you guys a break uh, to uh, to not have to tune in every Tuesday. But do look for some specials we're going to put out. We still have our year end uh, tax planning uh, video coming out. Uh, and also we're going to do a deep dive into what is the metaverse. And I'm not talking solely Facebook, which is called Meta, but what is the metaverse, what that means for the future of technology, uh, but what also what it means for uh, investment purposes and uh, whether you want to have it in your portfolio. And if you do, how do you get access to that? So with that, I'll let you go enjoy your day. Thank you, everyone. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye now.